Hi. There's something odd about seeing all of that. Because I make it a point not to go to see those movies. Content's always very strange to me. And it's very odd to be here and, and be amongst all these people. And I listened to all these symposiums today, and I, I met all you nice young people, and I was thinking, oh, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? You know, because you want to come off intelligently, you know? Because you guys put a lot of faith in the people that you come up and say, you know, I really love your work. And you think, oh, God, what's going to happen when they discover I am completely brainless? You know, that this intelligent, smart person that you've read about, they always write how intelligent and smart. They have no clue. They don't know it took me an hour to get dressed today. Why? No reason. Just because. Because I wanted to, like, do it right. And I started thinking about what, what, what did I want to tell you. And based on what I heard this morning, I want to sort of make my comments, because I was really good, and I sat and I listened to everybody in the symposium, and I didn't say anything audible. <laughs> but I have some strong feelings about things, and so I will lead up to where I think young people are now. We adults always say to you all, you have to be responsible for this, and you have to be responsible for that. Now, when I was a kid, you had certain responsibilities. Your parents had responsibilities, their parents had responsibilities, and it was sort of handed down. Somewhere in that line, we have failed you all. We have dropped the ball. Government has dropped the ball, because how can you emulate values if you don't see them at the highest level? This is my first thought. So is it a surprise that education has gone by the wayside when, in fact, we've been trying to defend the country from some phantom communists for many years, building bombers, hundreds of them, when two would do the job? I mean, come on, two or three bombers, they're going to do what they have to do. But we've eliminated a lot of education, and I heard people talking about teachers and what teachers aren't doing. It is very difficult when you are paid less than just about everybody else and have more responsibility because you have to be a policeman and you have to be a parent and you have to be an educator and you've got to feed your family on no money. It's hard because those people, frankly, are frazzled. They have lots of people to deal with. So you have educators who can't quite educate because they're trying to take care of business. You have a society that has fallen by the wayside because we don't have any direction. So I'm not surprised that there is confusion amongst young people. I'm not surprised that we live in a violent society when that is what we've seen. Violence comes into the home, on the box. Forget the last 10 years, okay? Forget television the last 10 years. We have embraced violence and made it something to try to emulate because of this idea of winning. <laughs> 
to win. Now, taking all of that into account and hearing everything everybody had to say today, I sort of want to tell you a little bit about myself because I have some very strong opinions and not everybody likes it and that's okay for the most part. <laughs> but I believe that what I had as a youth is very different from what you young folks are facing. And in fact, you know, I listened to this whole hero discussion which kind of freaked me out a little bit because in fact, in my book, you all are the folks who have overcome the obstacles. And I'll explain what I mean. When I was coming up, I dropped out of high school. I lived in New York City. Everything I could possibly want was at my fingertips. You could go to the Hayden Planetarium and learn about the sun and the moon and the gases that go to make up our world. You could go to the Met and hear opera. You could go and watch Leonard Bernstein conduct. You knew the names of the symphonies he was conducting. You knew what was out there for you. Central Park had lectures on just about anything you could possibly want to know about. So the school that existed because the government that I lived under made it a point to tell me that this was mine. And the only way it was going to stay great was if I invested in it by investing myself. That we lived in a society that believed that if I pulled this way and held your hand, that the person who had my hand here would pull me as well. And that is how we would raise ourselves up that it was fine to recognize that we are made up culturally of visual differences, but our main fabric was that this country called America was mine. And if it was going to get better, it was going to get better because I helped. Now, you guys don't have a whole lot of that. And so I see what you're fighting through and the mere fact that you are here I never had to think about drive-by shootings or somebody stealing my car in the dead of the street. These were not like gangs were like West Side Story, you know. <laughs> that was it, you know? What I want to tell you is very minuscule in comparison to the great lessons of life. But it is the one true thing that I know, that I believe in. And that is, if you don't feel that you have a stake here, then nothing you do is ever going to feel comfortable. If you don't believe in whatever place you go, business, art, politics, because you're the next wave. It's a lot of pressure. But if you can rebuild your stake in the country, you can help make it better. You can reintroduce to all those young people that, you know, the media keeps calling the lost generation. They're not lost. We're lost. The adults are lost. You guys are pretty stable. 
considering what you have to go through. So when those little kids who are coming after you see that you are reinvesting yourself, not money, this is not about money, it's about attitude. It's about your promise, your human spirit. If you can manifest that in you, other people will follow it. I know, I did it. I did it. No one could have convinced me that I was ever going to be anything but exactly who I wanted to be. It never occurred to me that it wasn't going to happen. Now, I didn't want to be a big movie star, I just wanted to have a job. You know, I mean, it worked out, but this wasn't the plan. But it never occurred to me that it might not happen. I saw myself as human first. Let other people define what they think you are. You have to know what you are. So amidst all this talk and, you know, follow your heart and all this stuff, do unto others is a great foundation to spring from. If you go into politics, remember the things that you legislate affect real people. When you listen to people talk about welfare, people, Keep in mind that not everybody on welfare is that person they're talking about. Just like not every politician is that person they're talking about. Make your own minds up by checking the facts because the facts are there. Do your homework. Takes a little more time, but when you're right, oh, there's nothing like it. And nobody else will know except you. And then everyone will know because you stand there like, I was right. <laughs> it's very smug, I admit. But I like being smug. Smug is okay periodically. Patting yourself on the back is okay periodically. You have come a very long way through odds that we adults will never have to face. Not ever. So I applaud you guys. I'm thrilled that Steve Wynn, this is my friend, asked me to come last year, but I was sick. I was stuck in a hotel. My ears were big. I just was bad. <laughs> and so it's very nice for me that this came during my break between movies because I didn't know what to expect. I'm sitting talking to you guys, it's really great. You're making me think. You atrophy periodically, you know. But I feel real creative and juicy now, and I think it's all because of you all. So when you hear about me getting into a fight because I went with all this youthful energy, you'll know where it came from. Thank you for letting me hang.